You know, I want to tell you all that, you know, there's, there's so much going on in the world and so easy to get distracted and so easy to, uh, to, to get discouraged. But man, if you'll press into the Lord, that's what I started preaching, you know, in January, press into the Lord. And if you'll press in, if you'll take more time to spend more time with him, to, to read your Bible more, to actually, actually take time, not just do it as a, well, I'm going to, you know, read my devotional today and don't really want to, but I'm going to do it right now. Not that attitude, but an attitude to seek him. Man, it's like heaven's doors are open right now. I don't know about y'all, but man, every morning God's just pouring out to me and pouring out to me. And I got so many things to preach and so much going on. I mean, it's just like every time I turn around, I just see this and that. And I'm like, wow, how have I confessed that scripture for 30 years and didn't see it like I do now? And so, man, God is there. Amen. Just so we're going to press in and take it. So praise God. So I want to share something with you tonight, hot off the press. So get your Bibles out and go to the book of Revelation chapter 12. Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. That's where I want to start. Now this, I'm just going to tell you all this tonight. I'm excited. This is going to be the best message ever preached. And I want to, it's going to be so good, I'm going to have to try to do better Sunday. So you're probably going to hear a lot of the same thing Sunday. I don't know how long this is going to go. I just, like I said, it's fresh off the press and, and, and uh, I just see so much here. So anyway, the title of this message is Three Mighty Weapons. Three Mighty Weapons. In this day and age that we live in, we've got to understand the Word of God. We've got to get it down in simplicity. And if there's one thing I know that God has gifted me to do is to teach in a way that you can apply it then to your life. I don't want to teach the great big message. I don't want to teach the great you know, theology that wows everybody. I don't want to you know, plow deep, man. I want, to, I want to teach you something that then you can say, oh my gosh, look at this. I can apply this to my life. And this is if I do this and this and this, this is what pastor's talking about. And you can develop your relationship with Jesus. That's what I want to do. Amen. And so uh, anyway, I got on this thing because I got to looking up atomic bombs. Um, why? I don't know. I just every once in a while just fly off the handle and I start looking up atomic, you know, do something. I look up something, just want to learn something about it. So Started looking up atomic bombs. And I was shocked to find out. I, I mean, I've seen movies, but I've never seen, you know, uh, or really looked into it much. But do you know that the, the actual device that was dropped in uh, Hiroshima and Nagasaki, the, the, the device, was literally only like 10 foot long and like 2 foot around. It was not very big. It was in house in another casing to make it fall out of the sky. But the actual device that had that much destructive power. And if you even look at it more, you, you take it and you're talking about, now I'm not, don't believe me, do not do not let your children do their book report based upon my information here, because I guarantee you, yeah, I'm painting with a really broad brush. But, you know, whether it's nuclear fission or nuclear fusion or however they did the splitting of the atom and all that, the device is very small. It's not like it was this, you know, bomb that was as big as this room, because, you know, you think about having a lot of uh, of, uh, of power, to dest a destructive power, it would be big. But in reality, it's not. It's small compared to the destructive force is what I'm trying to say, right? Well, what about God giving you mighty weapons? They don't look very big. Huh? They don't look like they're very useful. Oh, like I've always said, go to Walmart and buy a Bible. It doesn't look like a nuclear weapon. 
Looks very, I mean, you can get one with a pink cover on it. Flowers on it. A hardback, a paperback, a leatherback, a fake leather. Right? It doesn't look very atomic bomb destructive power. But all of us know that there's promises in the Word of God that as you've read them, they've leapt into your heart and it's changed your whole life. It's like an, a, an explosion going off, right? So anyway, it just hit me. Three mighty weapons. Three mighty weapons. Like I said, I don't know that I'm even going to get past introductory tonight. I'm going to preach it again Sunday. I don't know how long it's going to take, but y'all just bear with me here. Because I'm telling you, this is atomic bomb material. You get it in your heart. And some of you are going to say, oh, yeah, I knew that. And as soon as I read this scripture, you're going to say, oh, yeah, uh-huh. Watch it. Watch it. That's where you're going to get in trouble because you say, oh, yeah, I know that. No, listen to me. If you did know that, you'd be walking on water. Revelation 12, 7. It says, and war broke out in heaven. Michael and his angels fought with the dragon, and the dragon, his angels, his angels fought, but they did not prevail. Nor was there place found for them in heaven any longer. So the great dragon was cast out, that serpent of old called the devil and Satan, who has deceived the whole world. He is cast into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. Then I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ have come. For the accuser of the brethren, who accused them before our God day and night, has been cast down. And they overcame him by the butt of the lamb and the word of their testimony, and they did not love their lives to death. Okay? Well, first thing I want you to see here is that you got an enemy. Right? I mean, we say this. Listen, your enemy is not your neighbors, not your boss, it's not your husband, it's not your wife, it's not your children, it's not the school, it's not the government. That's not your enemy. Enemy's not ever going to be flesh and blood. The devil may be manifesting through flesh and blood and causing you problems, but the enemy that we're battling out here is the accuser of the brethren, the old dragon, the one that was thrown from heaven to earth. He's the one that we're dealing with, the one who's always been the accuser of the brethren. The one that always went up, and we know, Jesus tells us in John 10, that he's a father of lies, right? He's come here to kill, steal, and destroy. There's no good comes from him, right? And he always was the accuser. He was always the liar. He was always the one, the tattletale, who lied and tried to make you look bad before God. Right? This is the guy we're dealing with. This is our enemy who whispers in our ear and tells us you're defeated, who whispers in our ear and tells us you're no good, who whispers in our ear judgments and curses and and, and, and lies and deception that he whispers in our ear that we think that's the way it is. I do not know how many times in my life I, I, a situation arises and, and my mind immediately goes off. And then when the situation, the smoke clears, I find out that it was never as big as it was when I first saw it. And I'm like, why did I even get upset about that? It was nothing. Right? But that's what the devil loves to do. He wants to keep you in a tizzy. He wants to keep you twisted all up, you know, in, 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 in whatever it is. And I have seen people over my life, you know, 
Some things that bothered some people didn't bother other people, but the things that didn't bother them bothered them. And, and I've seen people just all twisted all up and everything. You know, and you can go and analyze this and bring it all down to some, you know, some other thing, but that's not where I'm headed tonight. I'm just saying, this is not the state of mind that the Lord wants us to live in. This isn't where we're supposed to live. We're supposed to live in peace and joy. We're supposed to be walking as children of God, overcoming and having goodness and mercy follow us all the days of our life. We're supposed to wake up in the morning with Psalms 512 wrapped in the shield of favor of God. We're supposed to walk out with Ephesians 1 and 3, the blessing of God upon us. This is what we're supposed to be as Christians. We're supposed to be overcomers. My goodness gracious, we have been saved, redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And we're supposed to be overcomers, but we have an enemy. And until we know how to take the atomic bomb of the three powerful, three mighty weapons of God and drop it on the devil and smoke him, then you're going to still be getting defeated. We've got to learn it, okay? So let me show you where Jesus talks about this in, in Luke chapter 10, verse 17. Have I got your attention tonight? Okay? Luke 10, 17. It says, The seventy returned with joy, saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Now, do you notice this? The devil fell, according to Revelation 12. He got down to earth. He was defeated. Now, the, these disciples, these 70 that went out and preached, are starting to figure out, wait a minute, the devils are subject to us. They're just figuring this out. Wait a minute, the de- oh, whoa, wait a minute, he, the, the devil is subject to us. Okay? And it says, he said, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Jesus was standing there when the when the the... The, the Apostle John saw the revelation from uh, the, the vision from Revelation 12 and saw Satan. Phew, Jesus was standing there. I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. I know I've told this story before, and I know you, you, you may have already heard it, but Smith Wigglesworth, a great man of God in the early uh, 1900s, he said that one day he was standing at a bus stop. And that there was a lady, she came and she was walking and her little dog followed her. And she, he was watching her walking to the bus stop and she, she was coming. She turned around to the dog and she said, she said to the dog in a, just a normal tone, you know, you know, fluffy, go home. And then she turned around to walk and then she went on. She looked and the dog was still following her and she turned around and she said it again, fluffy, go home. And then she kept walking, and then she turned around. The dog was still following her. And that time, she just started screaming at the dog. Now, Fluffy, go home. She started stomping her foot at the dog. And, then, and the dog took off running. And he said, right then, he got a revelation. She said, that's the way we're supposed to deal with the devil. You can tell him two or three times, nice to go away. You don't going to go away, but you don't know your, your authority. Okay? So Jesus said here, I give you authority. Trample on serpents, scorpions over all. Everybody say all. How much is all? So listen, if Jesus, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, says to you, I give you all, well, then could there possibly be anything that wasn't included in the package? Right? I mean, if Jesus said all, it means all. So that means nothing the devil has, no device he has, whether it's sickness, uh, you know, wounds, bruises, putrefying sores, whatever it may be, there is no nothing out there that the devil could devise. COVID. 
I'm saying it was something new. Not really, but they had advertised it as something new. Fresh off the shelf. Right? But I mean, there's nothing that can come up. I don't care what it is. Ebola. Right? All means all. Okay. Behold, I give you authority to trample over serpents and scorpions, over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Then he says, nevertheless, I do, do not rejoice in this. In other words, don't re- go around flexing your muscles. Don't go around, you know, exercising. Say, yeah, I, I got the power. You know, I'm somebody. He said, no, 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 don't, don't be doing that. Just be glad your names are written in the book of life or written in heaven. In other words, be glad you're saved. Be glad you're in the army of the winning side. Right? Okay. Now go to Romans 8.37. So, the Apostle Paul, Paul speaking to the church at Rome, says in the 37th verse of Romans 8, Yet in all things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. So, I'm just using that one little part there because I want you to understand Jesus gave us power and authority, but then we have to do something with it. And what we have to do with it is what is going to make you a conqueror. Right? You cannot be a conqueror unless you conquer something. Right? You have to conquer something. Before you can be known as a conqueror. So therefore when we get saved and Jesus comes into our life and the spirit of God's living on the inside of us. And now we have this authority and power whether we know we have it or not. Or whether we know how to use it or will these mighty weapons. Right? You're still, you're classified, your classification to become as a conqueror. One who the enemy comes in and you have authority and power over him. So, Matthew eleven twelve says, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven suffered violent, but the violent take it by force. And I find that a lot of people do not want to be confrontational. A lot of people do not want to be violent. Today, you're looked at and you're looked down on if you're a violent person, unless you're protesting for what their cause was. Hello out there. But the Bible calls us to be conquerors, and he tells us that there's going to have to do have some violence in your life. In other words, you're going to have to get knowledgeable enough of the mighty weapons of God and then forceful enough to use them. Right? A sword does you no good unless you use a sword. Right? And what Christians have wanted to do is just pray to God and say, God, I want you to do it. Lord, fix this. In other words, they don't want to get in the middle of it. They just want God to do it. They just want to go through, and their their only sacrifice is the prayer to God to fix my problem, please, Lord. 
I'm just preaching good here. I mean, don't get mad at me. I'm just preaching really, really, really good. Because Christians don't want to do anything. They don't want to spend time reading their Bible. They don't want to spend time in the Word of God. They don't want to spend time being violent in prayer. Because that's not what we're supposed to be as Christians. We're supposed to be full of timidity and, 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 and you know, just humbleness and bow and just, yes, Lord, whatever you'd want, Lord, yes, yes. And th- th- this thought of rising up and telling the devil you're defeated, why are you messing with me, is whew. What got me on this message was is I had several texts and emails come in from Sunday service, and when I just glanced over and mentioned something about authority, and, and I got several emails and people saying, wow, I've never heard it like that before. And I was like, oh, my goodness, if you've never heard that before like that, I need to keep preaching on it because to me it's Christianity 101. You've just never been taught, and so i got to teach you. And that's why I'm, this why this then this how this started. Then the next thing I know, the Holy Ghost. I started seeing things. I was like, oh wait, this is really good. We're gonna drop an atomic bomb. We're gonna blow something up. But you gotta understand something. The confrontation is not with man. It's not with governments. It's not with this. The confrontation is with the enemy. You gotta know who your enemy is. The one who's tricking you and fooling to you and lying to you and, 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 and keeps, you know, I got a piece of metal, uh, a little splinter of, of a piece of metal stuck in my finger. And I've been digging at it for about a week. And then I broke down and let my wife dig at it. And then I gave up on it. And it just keeps getting there. And I think it's gone and it's not. And it just festers up. And then I dig at it some more. And, and then, you know, I hadn't got it out yet. It's still there. Still in there. And uh, it's irritating. But I'm not really suffering greatly over it. It's not like I want to lay in bed because I got this thing in my deal. I can't go to work or can't do anything because I'm wounded, you know. But it's an irritant. The devil, the devil wants to irritate you. He wants to come into your life and be just like this little splinter. He wants to stay in you and just irritate you and irritate you. But, you know, if you get about 50 of them in you, now you got some issues, right? You got some issues there. And so what I want to show you through this, this, this message, and like I said, it's going to go into Sunday, and I don't even mean go to the next Wednesday, but you got to understand. You got to understand that you have mighty weapons, but you have to know how to wield those weapons. And if you don't know how to wield those weapons, then they're useless to you. It doesn't do you any good to have a sword hanging on your side if you don't know how to pull it and use it. Okay? Now, I want you to go to Ephesians 1.20. I got to establish another point here. See, I'm not even, I'll never get to the introduction. Ephesians 1 and 20 says this. Which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in the heavenly places far above all principalities and power and might and dominion. And every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. I want you to see that right now there's only one person in charge and it's Jesus. The devil is not in charge. The devil lost his authority and his power. Okay, go to Colossians 
Go to Colossians 2.15. It says, having disarmed principalities and powers and having made a public speckle of them, triumphing over them in it. So it's clear and evident that Jesus is the king. Right? Not Elvis. Jesus is the king. Right? He's the king. He's all authority has been given to him in heaven and on earth. He's the head of the church, the body of Christ. That's all of us. Everybody who is a believer in Jesus, he's the head. Right? So nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to go on that it doesn't have to go through him. But that doesn't take away that there's still an enemy here on this earth. It doesn't take away that there's still an enemy slurking and sneaking around, you know, the fox at the chicken house just trying to catch one. It didn't stop that. The other day I was, I was laughing because I'd, I'd read this book about your mind and uh, about thinking good thoughts and and then, I, you know, going along off Philippians 4, uh, think on these things, you know, things that are good and things that are positive. And so I sat down and I was trying to do a little experiment with myself. And this is kind of funny. And so I was thinking, you know, okay, I'm going to think good thoughts. And so I just started thinking, okay, I want to think good thoughts. And I started thinking, okay, now, you know, I mean, I can go through and I can think of the, what the Word of God says and the promises of the Word. And, you know, I can think on those thoughts. So I want to think of some of that. I said, Lord, give me some good thoughts. Give me some. Just, I just want to think about things, something that's happened in my life and good thoughts. <laughs> so, I mean, it's like, it's like a video went off in my head, a, a, a picture of when we were, oh gosh, I don't know, Darcy was little. I mean, she was, what, three? When we went to the circus, maybe two, two or three years old, we took them to the circus in San Antonio and, and my sister and her kids and we went down there. And, you know, it's the whatever circus. It's so there's all in the old Joe and Harry Freeman Coliseum back then, you know, and they got all the different three rings out there and things are going on. And about that time, these bears come in wearing pink tutus riding bicycles, like a regular bicycle. The bears are riding them. And these bears come in, and I just remember, I mean, I guess I'm just a country boy. Where have I ever seen bears in pink tutus riding bicycles? And I remember just going like, what in the world? And they got them all out there. They rode around the ring, you know, and he did all this stuff. And I was like, then they got off. They're all walking around these bears. And so that was like a video just went off in my head. That, I mean, I hadn't thought of that in forever. And it just like, boom, just came out. And I started laughing. And I sat out there and giggled and laughed. And I thought to myself, you know, that was the first time I was really just like, Bears are riding a bicycle on a pink tutu. And I laughed, laughed, and then I thought to myself, you know, I got so wrapped up in thinking about this and laughing about that that I have forgot even what I'd come out here with that was the issue that I was praying about. Now, what was, and I said, I'll forget it. I already forgot that one. That, that worked. Think a good thought. So now I've been joking with my wife. I just keep saying, because I told her the story, and so I just say, anything comes up, I say, bears in pink tutus riding bicycles. That's what I'm thinking about. But it was like a bombshell dropped off in me because whatever was worrying me was gone. 
in a second to the fact that I couldn't even remember it. My point is, and, and where I'm going to have to leave you tonight, I'm not even going to be able to tell you what the three weapons are. You're going to have to come back Sunday. <laughs> because right now, I'm just telling you, right now in, in the spiritual realm, God is trying to deposit in Christians, in his people. If you want to know what's going on in the heavenly realms right now, I can just tell you, God is wanting to drop deposits in his people to prepare them for what's coming. But what's coming is not going to make any difference because we're going to look at it like bears in pink tutus riding bicycles. Are you all with me? When the world's reeking, reeking, reeling back and forth and screaming and running down the streets, pulling their hairs out. We're going to be standing around laughing, saying, remember them bears, them pink tutus, riding bicycles, the darndest thing I ever saw. I know what that is. It's unbelievable. That's where I want to be. The devil's throwing his best, and we're just laughing and saying it doesn't really matter. Jesus has got this. This is not a big deal. And when you learn these three weapons and you get them to your disposal, it'll just be like, you just go, whoosh, whoosh. it's all over. It's all over. And when you laugh in the face of the bully, it's over. Amen? So we'll get into this more. I want to do it again Sunday. And, and I'm telling you, you're going to become like ninjas in the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. So sorry to leave you hanging, but that makes you have to come back. Amen? Okay, well, stand up. I'm going to pray for you. Father, I just declare right now in Jesus' name that these people are blessed. Lord, you have given us such mighty weapons. I declare that even, Lord, you stir a hunger within them. You stir a hunger within their hearts and their souls that people all over this world will be so hungry to hear about the mighty weapons of God, the three things that you, you've given us, Lord, that are already at our disposal, but we're, we're not using them properly. And, Lord, I just declare that people are going to grab hold of the revelation. They're going to even see it tonight that the devil is defeated and God's on the throne of their life. And, Lord, I just declare that we are blessed in the midst of the face of adversity, in the midst of the face of what things are going on in life. That, Lord, we just keep a smile on our face. It's like seeing bears with pink tutus riding bicycles, Lord. We just enjoy ourselves, and we thank you that, Lord, your hand of blessing is upon us. That, Lord, I declare tonight that businesses are blessed, finances are blessed, everything they put their hands to are blessed. And, Lord, we're just blessed to love you and to serve you. So, Lord, we just thank you for giving us people for the rest of this week to come across and tell them the good news. Hey, God's got it under control. And Lord, we give you praise for it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen.